in this unusual and slightly exciting and laughter-filled episode of What the Prophets Say. Join Emma and myself as we talk about how not to become a Pharisee and work our way around what God wants to do of a new move of his spirit and how we cannot resist it by accident. Hello, loyal listeners, and welcome to another episode of What the Prophets Say from our studios in Glasgow with me, Emma Faith Stark. Oh, full names the today. The full name. That literally, that actually, literally is my uh, middle name, Faith and Sam Robertson. Yeah, no middle name here. Why don't you have a middle name? I don't know. Um, I don't actually know. <laughs> I just don't. None of us do. None of the, the siblings do. My mom, my mom has a middle name. My dad doesn't. And none of none of us do. Right. Yeah. I find that a wee bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Um, I used to always try to give myself middle names and then should I thought we, that was we, a bit should sad. Should we have answers on a postcard? Email in to rename Sam's, give him a middle name. Give me a middle name. What What do you think I should have as my middle name? Something Scottish like Angus. <laughs> no, I can't have Angus. <laughs> It's an awful, I'm not saying it's an awful name. I just, <laughs> you just literally I did. did. I'm sorry if there's anybody listening called Angus. I'm sure you suit it. <laughs> we've only been going a minute and we've offended all Anguses. Anguses, yeah. <laughs> well, you have. Sam Angus Robertson wouldn't sound no, right. No, no, it doesn't sound right. I'll no. work on it. Yes. Gus Gus. Sorry. <laughs> right, you're getting you're distracting yourself. I, am, I don't have a middle name. It was an area of real wounding when I was younger. Oh, but right. I've, Should we do deeper healing well, live, I've on, had a live on the Emmanuel on it? So. You've had an have you No, I've not. No, but <laughs> I, I used, thought you were confessing no, and really no, no, pain. No. I was about to start to be really lovely Find to you. Jesus. No, no, no. <laughs> Find Jesus in the lack of the middle name memory. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's just Sam Robertson. Okay, Sam Robertson. Do you know what? I've literally just poured my sparkling water. I like sparkling water. David hates sparkling water into my juice and then put some vitamin C effervescent tablets Ooh. in it. It didn't fill the thing. So I've topped it up with water. Water. So now it's half oh, fizzy. Fizzy and half not. And it's a bit weird. That is a bit weird. Yeah. So it's like flat sparkling water almost. Yeah. But with but with vitamin C in vitamin it. Vitamin C oranginess. What? Orange. Orange. Is it orange flavour? Yeah. Did you just say or oranginess? What? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what's happening here. I do apologise. <laughs> I am calling myself into sensibleness. Right now. Oranginess. No, like orangey. Oranginess. <laughs> like oranginess. Like, uh, like an orange. Yeah, but it's orangey. It's not orange. It's orangey. The more yeah. you say the word orange, the weirder it becomes. Yeah. Go, ag go again. This is elevating orangey. all of Orangey. Oranginess. Orange. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, oranginess. Right, let's move on. Sam, do you want to prophesy outstandingly? Yes. And, and we'll give you points if you fit the word orange into your broadcast today. It subtly. Well, the text on my screen here is orange because it's easier to read in my eyes. So that's maybe why it was in my head. And um, I've got orange highlighter here on my... Um, anyway, no, see, we do have serious things to say. serious things to say. Uh, if yes. David was here, he'd oh, be putting his head in his, his hands. His head would be yeah, in his hands yeah. and he'd be using the microphone into the My room. husband would be like, please, please say something spiritually erudite, intelligent, articulate and useful. Yeah, but this is three, three minutes, 23 seconds in. Right, and this is the this is what we've talked about. Okay, Gus, <laughs> Sam uh, is the name. No, we are so yes, we are. Uh, 
on the edge of of something quite spectacular of the spirit of God. And I have had one phrase um, in my spirit as I wake up every morning, like yeah. just hearing God say over and over and over again, I am about to display myself. I am about to display myself. Mm-hmm. And the God who is getting ready to demonstrate his majesty and his glory in a visible and significant way, but in all that, when we are on the edge of a move of the Spirit of God, we've got to be really careful that we don't miss it because we are prescriptive in our prayers and our conversations. And I think there is this tendency before the breaking out of the Spirit of God to sometimes become an accidental Pharisee. Yes, I said it, an accidental Pharisee. And the Pharisees were those who, you know, they trained their whole life to look for the Messiah. <laughs> they did. They were they were the most skilled yes. in, in the texts of, of the messianic prophecies, but they were looking for one sort of move. They were looking for one mm-hmm. sort of king that they missed out on Jesus and actually resisted Jesus, who was the answer to years of their study and to years of, of their dedication and their discipline. Jesus was the answer, but they missed it because they were looking for a certain sort of move rather than the move of the Holy Spirit. They were looking for, you know, something very physical, a new kingdom with a throne and not Jesus who rode in on a, a donkey. And I think Matthew 10, 34 is quite a scathing Um, rebuke where Jesus says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace to a sword. In other words, don't think that I have come to do what you want me to do. I have come with my agenda. I am turning up in a totally different way. I am not turning up the way you expect me. Mm -hmm. And we've got to deal with our accidental pharisaical tendencies to prescribe Mm -hmm. how we want God to turn up Mm -hmm. and to say, here's how we want you to show up. Here's how we want you to reveal yourself. Here's what we want you to do. And in that, we can then sometimes miss out on the fullness of the Spirit of God. I often wonder if, had I been alive back in the days of Jesus, where would I have been in this? And of course, we're in love with Jesus. Every fibre of our being, I mean, poured Mm. out, unrestrained, uncontained, devoted worship. We love that kind of very generous, extravagant sort of approach to Jesus. I do think we have to have those uh, honest questions. But but back then, would I have been? Or would I have been one who really missed it? Mm And we have to be open to ask ourselves that question because I think you're right. We're on the cusp. Actually, I think we're in the shallow waters of, I think it's already begun, of such great transformation, great moves of God, great touching into healing power, great abilities to demonstrate the kingdom of God. We are going to heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons. And we are already doing that. But you do push us um, very helpfully in all of this into to what extent am I in containment, cynical mode, and yet wanting the fullness all at the same time? Oh yeah, I want the fullness, God. And yet somehow within us, there's some constriction. Let me tell you a a story. I had a really um, amazing moment actually in Nashville. Uh, Ken Fish had invited me. Some of you uh, Mm. will know him and he he worked with Vineyard for years and worked with John Wimber for years. uh, 
um, remarkable Bible teacher and scholar. And there was a group of us there, we, Dr. Craig Keener, who really is in the top five yeah. of the living um, New Testament theologians. His, his, some of his work on Acts is epic. epic. And uh, Dr. Jack Deere was there. Some of the great communicating teachers. Now they're all a bit older and uh, they don't necessarily have the dynamic of youth on the platform. That's not the point that I'm making. They're very skilled and articulate and intelligent. And I watched these men preach and I thought, I'm watching something different. Mm. But they're not young uh-huh. and they're not modern and they're not trendy and they know truth. And what they're teaching is kind of truth that I've heard taught a lot of times. It wasn't necessarily no, yeah. like a prophet who you're going, I've not heard that present truth yeah. being really spoken of in yeah. that way. So in some senses, I'm going so far so, well, I know this. But something different is happening in the spirit. What is happening in the spirit realm? And here would be my perception on it, that most of us teach or hear teachers who expound the word of God with some degree of skill, but there's always a sense of, don't you get too big for your boots? Don't you become too wild? And it's never quite said, but it's almost implied. So it, there's an undertone in it. Oh, you can speak in tongues. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But, 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 but. And don't do this and don't do that and watch for this. And Now there's wisdom in that. And there yeah. are moments where you absolutely need to bring the boundaries. Boundary. And we live well within uh, the law of Christ, you know, in his, his framework. Uh, so we don't fall off the edges into sin. I wonder whether we have so said, well, you can all prophesy, but not this, not that, not here, not there, not. And actually, we have a list of things that we're not allowed to prophesy that are just not in Scripture. Mm. So you get er errors like prophecy only confirms what you already know. Well, that's never once alluded to in Scripture. Never, never, never. In fact, quite the opposite. Prophecy tells you things you don't Don't know. know. That's why you you have it. That's why you need a prophecy. So we we end up teaching these things and we're so fearful that they're used in the wrong way that we caveat them and then over caveat them. So all of a sudden we're accidentally creating what we think is liberty, but instead it's a cage. Mm. It's a prison. And so I watched these men long in the tooth, and maybe that helps in all of this, in, in age and maturity, who just started to talk about deliverance and miracles. Actually, really straightforward. But the spirit within them was not about limitation. The spirit was within them was, this is in Scripture, you can do it. This is in Scripture, you can become it. This is the liberating word of God, not this is the law of God. This is the liberating truth of the word of God and a very different emphasis and a very different tone. And so that teaching capability released in the room a sense of let's have a go. Oh, wow. Mm. And the let's have a go released the spirit. And I prophesied, off the charts, like I felt complete liberty. And my friend, some other prophets were there. You can look at the guest list. And we're all prophesying to a level because teachers had created liberation in the spirit from the word of God because the word of God is ultimately liberating. And I wonder whether what the Pharisees do and what us as, and we have to say most of us are probably accidental Pharisees, is we know the word of God. We do, we do. Um, And our listeners do too. Know your favorite verse, know your favorite promise. That kind of stuff is rich within us. But we know that. And yet we have this sense of, and it must happen like 
this. And there is a accidental pharmaceutical, 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 sorry, I'm mixing up pharmaceutical and pharmaceutical. (laughs) I'm catching your oranginess. Pharmaceutics, is that the industry of cures for Pharisee tendencies? Here's a pill to destroy your Pharisee tendencies. The pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Pharmaceutical salespeople. Here's how you cure your fantasy. <laughs> well, we're both something into it. What did you call my oranginess? Yeah, oranginess. All right. Now we said it so many times, I don't it even just know. Sounds what... strange. <laughs> it sounds does it, strange. Does it sound like it's a real like word? It's like when you say rucksack, rucksack, oh, rucksack. Oh, no, that's, rucks. my, that's my most hated word. I in know, the world. that's why I chose that word because oh, it's your I most hate hated it. word. Stop it, my skin crawls. <laughs> I don't understand. We were on a really we good were. thought there until my. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> okay. Pharmas. No, no, not a Pharisees. Pharisees. Pharisaical. We are Pharisees. How about that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's how I got myself yeah. out of that with bold determination. Yeah. I do think we are because we have such a boundary sense of what things must look like to our great detriment. And it is that that enables us to be bereft of the fullness and to lose what God wants to do in the earth, which will use the unlikely, the age group that we don't think are... I had a whole prophetic word on Sunday, um, spontaneously, where, where was I? England somewhere, about a church planting movement um, led by those who are 13 to 15. Wow. It was such a strong yeah. revelation. And you and I know, what maturity do you have between the age of 13 and 15? None. I mean, precious little. And you, But yet you think you know it all. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe that's probably fi- 15 to 17 from the guys I'm raising. You know, I know, I know, I know. No, you don't. I categorically can tell you, you don't know. Anyway, uh, sorry, that's a sidebar on parenting there. But the 13 to 15 is clearly going to need parents around, but I saw them planting churches in their own homes and in their own community centres and in their own schools, this gathering, church planting, harvesting, that pushes every button. Yeah. I mean, you look at look at the most recent move of God we've witnessed in the, the university in the States, the mm-hmm. Ashbury yeah. University. I mean, the minute it started and the... <laughs> Every every post was 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 a Pharisee's opinion. Oh, it can't be a move of God because of this. Oh, it can't be a move of the Spirit because of this. And there was this list of like check boxes of whether it was a move of God or not. And unfortunately, you know, there it wasn't sustained in a prolonged period of time. That's oligarchy. That's revival oligarchy. Because it didn't meet the credentials of past moves of God, or this is what a move of God is. Yes. Said by you know said by so many people. And it's the it's, it is the Pharisee that rises up and says that's not a move of God, and yes. and, and people missed or, or, or um, revival um, oligarchy, pharisaical no pharisaical so, no <laughs> you, <laughs> pharisaics is the cure for Pharisees. Pharisaical is the tendency I've lost to think my as a Pharisee. Of now because I can't even revival I'm oligarch anno- oligarchs revival oligarchs because I can't even I am annoyed that I can't pronounce the word properly. I need to drink more of my vitamin you C. Do. Anyway, we are saying that 
revival, we think, or the moves of God or the extremes of God or the weight of the glory of God is is uh, is controlled in some way by an uh, 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 oligarchy, that sense of dictatorial control yeah. or oligopoly, that sense of um, a, a power in the hands of a, a few. few. And I do think you would call it the, the accidental Pharisee. Yeah, sometimes it moves into the intentional Pharisee. Oh, do you think? Yeah, I think. That we really actually only want God in certain ways. On our ways. terms. On our terms, yeah. 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 Um, but I think we have to use the word uh, oligopolistic in that it's the whole structure is designed in such a way that um, we don't yearn for the extremes or the more yeah. because the whole structure sets us to only want God in certain ways, in certain terms. And so this sense of would I have recognised Christ? Mm. Would I have given up everything to follow him? Well, we all like to think that we would we have been the ones who said yes, but we're so within a structure yeah. of uh, containment, di- di- yeah. containment and dictatorship and oligopoly that says, no, it can only happen like this. It's so reinforced into us yeah. that... My fear is if we don't break that um, homogenization off ourselves, if we don't break that institutionalization off ourselves, we must all look the same, we must all do the same, we must think the same. This institutionalized understanding of of who God is and how he works, we are actually in great danger of missing it. Absolutely. And and the God who wants to surprise us and catch us off guard by how he turns up. And I think, what what would what were the disciples expecting when they were in the upper room? Yeah. D- d- they would have no grid for in the flesh, manifesting tongues of fire floating above each other's heads. I mean, they, they would, yes. that would not have been, oh, we pray for the tongues of fire. They, they, they weren't praying for it. They weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. They knew something was going to happen. They were told to wait until something, but they weren't told how it's going to turn up. Uh, and we've got to be careful that in our prayers for a move of God, mm-hmm. that we, we, we don't become prescriptive. We don't prescribe how we want God to show up. And I think that is the the, the place of the accidental Pharisee. I think yeah. the intentional Pharisee is the resisting of a move of God. And then actually when you see the intentional Pharisees, they are then saying that the true Christ is demonized. Yeah. You know, they don't just resist, they oppose. There's a difference there. But I think in us, there is the accidental uh, tendencies uh, in the ways of the Pharisee, which is to prescribe and to say, here's what it is and here's what it's not. And I do think think how we witnessed and how we reacted to that to that particular move of God and um, with that university it just exposed yes. that we all have a little bit of the accidental Pharisee yeah, in I us. Think, I think you're right and we do need to repent for that. My concern is that you can understand this within perhaps a more traditional wing of the church yeah. however you define that or within certain forms of denominationalism and we understand that they have got to survive mm. by enshrining a uh, around an agreed documentation of truth or what they perceive to be the values around truth. My concern is that we actually have oligarchy and boundaries and this is it it can only happen like this within the new wine cutting edge level of the church and that is where it is very problematic. Absolutely. Whenever those who are tasked 
by you see some are tasked to be those who just hold a piece of truth yeah, yeah, yeah. others are tasked by God to be trailblazers and pioneers and when the pioneers the cutting edge of revival or prophecy or deliverance are under uh, an oligopoly of it can only happen in a certain way yeah. if I say it happens then it happens if I name it revival then it's revival if I don't like it yeah. you know it's not it, w- when you get that in the cutting edge church you have real problems now that then the problem with that Sam is that the real true pioneers or trailblazers have minimal options and the options either are they don't manage that dynamic particularly successfully so if you're made for the wild and you're Mm. made for the cutting edge and you're made to trailblaze or to see the fullness of God and you want to push the envelope so to speak to see what is possible in fullness or what liberation feels like and you have not managed yourself well and you feel rejected, you are going to become one who is defiant, one who is rebellious, one who is difficult relationally to work with. And actually you are in danger then yourself of discrediting what God wants Wants you to do and losing your place because you don't know how to deal with your call. You don't know how to manage your own sense of rejection because you are then pushing against what should be the pioneering church. And then you end up as a lone ranger out in pain somewhere. And let me tell you, God will not put his new wine in that no matter how much you see the need for it and how much you understand that it can't go into anything that's controlled. I think it pushes then the new wine the trailblazers, the real pioneers, the who will become the iconoclast, who will smash the institutional walls down and the uh, smash the oligarchy in essence, smash the dictatorship uh, tendencies of the few. It's beholden on you guys to be very emotionally well. Yeah. You, oh, you, you have to be very emotionally well. And yeah. you have to understand that you're going to have to gather some people around you because you will be doing truly a new thing and that the new thing by definition is not always well received Mm -hmm. and you're only going to necessarily touch the lives of the early adopters if you really are holding the fullness of what God wants to do in this age. So you have to get used to not being widely celebrated, not even being seen, not being that endorsed, not being appreciated appreciated in the the land of the living, but that sense of being able to be well emotionally, to gather a few to yourself, to really say, God, would you be okay if we experimented in fullness? Would it be okay if we experimented in what you really want to do in a deliverance community or with the healing power of God or with services that don't fulfill a certain structure template? Would you be okay, God, with that? And that really is, I think, where we're going with the definition of the new remnant or the new wild ones, because we're so much, we have to put our hands up and say we're so much within the accidental Pharisee tendencies or the deliberate Pharisees or the oligopolies of just control of uh, expectation of it only looks like this. Mm. And I think we have got to be very honest about what the role of the pioneer now is and how streamlined it is, how deeply streamlined it is is you simply cannot have everybody with you mm-hmm. in that because of that tendency to cynicism and, and God, yeah. God wouldn't possibly do it like that yeah. type conversation. You've got to sit in a much more experimental mindset and an experimental mindset is not the place everybody can can live mm. because realistically, and this is a, a temperament and a call and a personality issue, 
having led for the, the number of years that I have led, I understand the comfort of the traditional and there's something mm. good about the comfort of the traditional and when mm. but we have this we are in and around the Christmas season here in Glasgow I don't know when you're going to pick this up to listen to it I have the same conversation every year within the worship dynamic about Christmas carols oh you know how does a pioneering group possibly deal with carols and you see the wrestle in the conversations we've had it every which way round about how you use a way in a manger yeah. Hark the Herald, which 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 Christmas carol can you worship to? Um, and to the point where, <laughs> sorry, now we're going to go off of what I tell you what the conversation was with my worship team. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because, sorry, because one of my worship team here, she was tongue in cheek. Uh-huh. I'm going to let you guess which of the team it was. It, it was tongue in cheek was, well, I don't like carols at all. I don't like the traditional construct. I don't care if people are comforted by traditions. I want us just to do wild worship. My favourite song is, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> Really? Well, you can't do that at Christmas. You can't do that at Christmas. But the wrestle in that conversation is, do you know know the rest of the song? Yeah. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. No rubber doll. What? Rubber duck or something. I can't believe I'm actually going to Google the lyrics of I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It's something no, no... I want a hippopotamus. But they also sing it wrong, do they not? Hippopotamus, they sang at some point in it. Oh. We are actually going to make um, a serious point, but I think this episode is, is slightly serious. It's like ridiculous. Only a hippopotamus will do. I don't want a doll. You were right. Yeah. No dinky, tinky, tinker toy. I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy. Yeah, I told you. There we go. Anyway, the point of it is, uh, one of my worship team, who do you think it is? Oh, we could all guess, couldn't we? Who? Ali. No, it wasn't Ali was at all. No. One of our team whose name rhymes with Jess. Oh, well, no, our name doesn't rhyme with Jess. Our name is Jess. <laughs> no, I mean, if I did Jess completely, sings the whole lyrics if I want a hippopotamus for of Christmas. Course, of course, of course. course she does. Anyway, the point of all of that is, and I am making a point, my listeners... There is comfort in there, the traditional, comfort, which is good. Thank you, Sam. There is good comfort in traditions. And there is good comfort yeah, in is. traditions. But we wrestle every year. We do. And so you get these ridiculous conversations of wanting hippopotamuses for Christmas to sing that song. Why? Because we there's something in the pioneer that just doesn't want to yeah. sing Hark the Herald Angels Sings and doesn't want to have to train somebody in the descant. You know, you know and and the, the whole quad, I don't want want it. I want subversive to the traditions. I want radical worship. I want the extreme glory of God. And then the other part goes, but I'm really stressed. And I'm I just to sing something familiar. I just want to sing, oh come let us adore him 26 yeah. times on repeat. And I just want once in Royal David City with the first verse a cappella, and then the choir coming in in verse two, you know. Yes. And you see the wrestle and perhaps Christmas exposes our hearts over wild versus traditional. And can I say this, is Christmas an oligarchy, an oligopoly 
where we just want it a certain way, irrespective of what Jesus wants to do afresh in the midst of us. And this place of strictness with ourselves to say, let's go back into the experimental waters with the Spirit of God so we're not the accidental or deliberate willful Pharisees. So we just say the end. The end, yes. In this episode of What the Prophets Say, you'll hear an array of words (laughs) that tickle us, trigger us. Some we believe to be true, some are probably made up. Oranginess. And we started with oranginess. It didn't get any better. No. See you next time for another episode of What the Articulate Prophets Say. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. If you would like to go deeper with us, you would be very welcome to join our network, the Global Prophetic Alliance. You can find that at propheticscots.com, where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the Spirit of God and encounter. If you feel a call and a pull to deliverance ministry, you can download my latest e-course, which is a comprehensive overview view of getting people free from demonic oppression, you'll find that at demonbusting.com. Join us on these different platforms for more interaction with Emma Stark, Sam Robertson and the GPA team.